And today's reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and starting at verse 17. And Jesus is visiting uh, the sisters Mary and Martha after the death of Lazarus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said. And he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Taking away the stone, take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So for those of you who may not be able to follow our services every week, we're currently following a sermon series on the invitations of Jesus. Words which Jesus spoke as an invitation to those around him, sometimes the crowds, sometimes the disciples, inviting people to discover the fullness of life which he is able to bring. 
And I find these invitations absolutely fascinating and incredibly relevant. And I hope you do too. And what Peter has read to us just now is the story of Jesus coming to the house of Mary and Martha shortly after Lazarus had died. So today's word is in a very unusual setting. But it's an important invitation for all of us to hear. And that is that Jesus invites you to be set free. To be set free. The last sentence of our reading is this. That Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So what was happening here? This was, of course, a physical miracle of resurrection, a dead man coming to life. But the message behind this story is that Jesus himself is the resurrection and the life. And that when we respond to his invitation to follow him, then we too are walking in newness of life. Jesus actually said two things to Lazarus. The first was that invitation to come out of the grave. Lazarus, come out. That was truly incredible. It's one of the very few stories of a physical miracle of resurrection in the gospel accounts. And those few stories as we have them are, of course, anticipating that great resurrection of Jesus himself when he burst through the grave and came back alive forevermore. The first thing that Jesus said to Lazarus was, Lazarus, come out. But then the second invitation was to take off the grave clothes. Actually, Jesus spoke to those who were around Lazarus. Maybe it was his family and his friends. And he asked them to remove the linen cloths which were covering the hands and feet and head of Lazarus. You see, I imagine Lazarus somehow shuffling out of the tomb with his face and body covered with ties around his hands and feet. It's hard to really imagine what it actually looked like. But he needed to be unwrapped. Now, most of the commentaries on this passage will focus very much on the first invitation to come out of the grave and not pay so much attention to the words of Jesus, take off the grave clothes. But this is where I would like to focus our attention today because here is an invitation from Jesus to be completely set free. I would like to suggest to you that our 21st century grave clothes are those things that are wrapped around our lives which can prevent us from experiencing the fullness of life with Jesus today. Jesus says to you and me today, come out. Come out of the tomb. Come and experience new life with Jesus. He wants us to experience the newness and the fullness and the excitement of living by faith. But sometimes it doesn't seem to be quite as simple as that. And maybe we need to look a little bit more closely at the grave clothes that need to remove, be removed so that we're truly set free. The message of this story is that Jesus has the power today to bring new life and to set us free from all that might be holding us back 
from knowing that life in its fullness and its abundance. Stephen Smith is the author of a book called The Lazarus Life, Spiritual Transformation for Ordinary People. And in it he writes this, I am finding it helpful to look at the grave clothes as things that are actually preventing me from what I desire most, freedom, life, and transformation. Each grave cloth can become a symbol of something that is inhibiting our movement forward, restricting us from experiencing the life that Jesus promises us and robbing us of the possibilities of transformation. In the Old Testament, David said something similar in Psalm 18 and verse 4. He said, the cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I wonder what were those cords of death that entangled him? Maybe similar to the grave clothes which bound Lazarus's hands and feet. Mags Duggan, in a book, A Better Song to Sing, which is one of the books that I found very helpful in planning this series, writes this. All that is unresolved, unforgiven or unhealed in our past can rob us of our freedom, our hope for the future and our experience of good in the present. So I wonder what are those grave clothes? What do they represent for us today? There are so many possible answers to that. There are so many things from which we need to be unbound. But there are three in particular that I'd like to explore this morning. And those are disappointment, inadequacy, and fear. There are many others. It may be that as I, as I mention these in particular, you will think of other things which you feel have bound you and held you back from the fullness of life that Christ wants to bring to you. But let's touch on these. First, disappointment. One dictionary definition which feels a little bit clinical says of disappointment that it's about sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of someone's hopes and expectations. And the truth is that we all live with an element of disappointment in one or other, another aspect of our lives. It's part of human experience to have expectations and sometimes they remain unfulfilled. I was disappointed that I didn't feel particularly well on Friday and it was my day off and I had a number of things that I wanted to do and I couldn't do any of them. But that moment will soon be forgotten. It'll pass into the dims of history. The jobs will get done at another time. There is nothing to worry about. But other disappointments are much more challenging. They can lead to what we might call the darker Ds of discouragement, of depression, and of despair. The word discouragement has within it the shorter word cur, which is French for heart. So discouragement can mean taking the heart out of a person. And when our disappointments strike deep, then sometimes the heart of a person is removed or it is broken or it is damaged. This last year has seen many disappointments and some very profound tragedies which have affected us all. In the story of today's reading, Mary and Martha were deeply disappointed that Jesus didn't come quicker. They said to him, 
If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha said it first, and then Mary said it again. They both said exactly the same words to Jesus. We can often say, if only this, if only that. And we can cry out to God in our prayers, if only. And we can think of our minds, if only God had answered those prayers sooner or differently. The scriptures are full of cries of disappointed people. But they always found that in God there was a place of safety and of refuge. Psalm 62 and verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge or God is our safe place. We can bring our disappointments to him and allow him to unwrap the ties that they so often cause in holding us back. We can trust him with the whole of our lives so that he really does set us free. But maybe for you it's more inadequacy that is the issue. The feeling that we are not just good enough for God or indeed for anyone else. So often people in later years of life will recall unkind or negative words spoken by parents or teachers or other authority figures earlier in their lives. Seemingly innocent comments, maybe, by family or friends, which have contributed to a greater sense of inadequacy or even of self-rejection. And over time, we come to believe these things, and they become woven into the fabric of the cloth that binds us, and we need to be set free from them. Without necessarily being aware we can build up and collect evidence that then makes us think that we're not worth the love and the acceptance of God. And that is so tragic. A Christian writer by the name of Donald Nichol recounted a meeting where everyone had to introduce themselves. And he said this, that the others all introduced themselves by their jobs and their professions. And then when it came to my turn, all I wanted to say was, my name is Donald, I am a unique manifestation of God. That's right. We're not defined by what we do, we're defined by who we are. And in the sight of God, we are chosen and special. And he loves each one of us so dearly. Inadequacy and self-rejection can distort the lens through which we see the rest of life and can be a tie that binds us and holds us back. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. We need to take to heart the words that the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah. Though the mountains be shaken, though the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace will not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion upon you. The Lord wants to set you free from any sense of disappointment, from any sense of inadequacy, and from any sense of fear. Because in this last year, there's been a huge increase in fear, hasn't there? And we sense something of that in the church community too. There's an understandable fear of getting the virus, but equally of unknowingly spreading it. People are fearful about when and how this lockdown will end, how we will journey back into 
the kind of life where we do communicate naturally, face to face, and feel safe about doing that. People are fearful because of financial worries or insecurities about uncertain employment or the impact of these months on their own well-being, the well-being of children, grandchildren, elderly people and those who are around them. And these fears can be like grave clothes tied around and holding us back. The truth is that complete freedom from fear is possible and that's because of Christ's own victory over death. That he didn't just raise Lazarus to life. He came back to life himself, and he comes to us now as our living hope. So today, Jesus invites you to be set free. What is holding you back from discovering the fullness of his resurrection life? Is there a deep disappointment that you've not truly surrendered to God? Is there a sense of inadequacy arising from what has been said to you or about you in past times? Or fear? from recent or distant events. Or as I've spoken about those things, maybe other things have come to mind. Whatever the grave clothes that need to be removed, God can do that here and now as we pray. And so in a moment, some words are going to come up on the screen and they're going to be some words that form a prayer. Uh, I will pray the words slowly and prayerfully and I invite you to pray them in your minds or out loud if you like with me. But there's a very important pause where we just make it personal, make it real for you by bringing to God whatever grave clothes you have right now and accept his invitation to know freedom today. Just pause for a moment as we see these words on the screen before I read them. Just allow God to bring to mind anything particularly that in this moment you need to offer to him in your praying. Father God, I bring you today this grave cloth. It has clung to me for years, preventing me from discovering the best of living with Jesus today. I surrender it to you now. In your love and by your power, release me from the control of this grave cloth through whatever means you may choose to work. My heart's desire is to live in the freedom of being redeemed and loved child of God. I ask you to answer this prayer in your time and in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll sustain an attitude of prayer, just hold a moment of stillness, and then Zoe will lead us as we continue to pray.
for the needs of other people and the world around us.